0: Principal Matters Podcast, episode 260. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week I'm going to talk about reflecting on your influence as a part of a keynote series I delivered on 10 tips for educator self care. In last week's podcast episode, I shared the first part of a keynote presentation that I provided on August 12th, 2021 to the Archdiocese of Louisville for a welcome back ceremony of educators from 39 pre-K-8 elementary schools and nine high schools collectively serving 18,000 students in six counties as educators gathered together for professional learning as they came back to begin a new school year. In this episode, I want to share with you about the power of your own influence. And so I'm just going to play back for you that session of the keynote, and you're going to hear some feedback on areas like how a medical team's ability to save my son provided lessons about qualities that make strong education teams, a reality check on the challenges and lessons that we've learned from this past year and can still be applying during stressful times ahead. And then also some ideas of ways that you can stay committed to positively influencing others in the year ahead. As always, if you'd like other free resources like this one, you can always reach out to me through my website at williamdparker.com or shoot me an email at my email address at will at williamdparker.com. If you have not rated this podcast before, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and give it a, a strong rating so that it's more visible to others. I hope you're having a great week. And I hope you enjoy this series, and I'll talk to you again soon. What is your name? I was listening to a conversation, and Amanda said, I listen nonstop to true crime podcasts. What is in my mental playlist? And she said, I promise I will not murder anyone. <laughs> I-, I love that. When you look at that list together, let me just say this on the front end. just to alleviate any anxiety that this conversation might be creating. Because when I go through that list, I get anxious. Because I start thinking about all those things that I'm not doing right now that I should be doing, or all those other areas that I may be neglecting that I should not be neglecting. In fact, when I wrote this book, I started this book in 2017 and didn't finish it until during the pandemic. The pandemic forced me to finish this book. And as I was wrapping it up with with the publisher and, and editing it, it was so challenging to go back through a book that I had written about each of these areas and realize which of those areas where I had grown and which of those areas I had gone backwards. And so I want to alleviate the stress by telling you that balance is not possible. Okay? Is that all right? Balance is not possible. And so for people to talk about work-life balance and figuring out that thing, it's just, it's, I want to come back to the garden analogy. These areas of your lives are ones that you, you revisit and you reflect on consistently so that you can consistently come back and figure out, where do I need to grow or go next? And so, so please, alleviate the anxiety and give yourself permission not to be perfect. Give yourself permission to give yourself the kind of grace you want to give other people, but also give yourself permission to grow, And so today, I'm gonna only have time to focus on three of these areas with you. I wanna talk about influence and friendships and and legacy, just as areas to reflect on with you as you step into this new school year. And I wanna begin by first talking about your influence. In 2010, I had the opportunity to go with a group of students to China. What an amazing trip. And if you've never been able to travel with students overseas, put that on your bu- in your bucket list for something to do before you finish this profession. But we spent uh, time in four cities um, for two weeks across that amazing country, and I like to run. So one morning, I got up early before the kids, and I put on my shoes, and we were staying in a city, and I uh, decided to get out and do a quick jog before the day, and then we pulled together for breakfast. But all through the day, I just, I felt, I felt bad. I felt like I was catching a cold. Something was wrong. I wasn't breathing as, as, as well as I would have liked, and it wasn't until the next day when we packed up and headed out of the city, and I saw the skies turn blue, and I realized, as I was looking back at where we'd come from, how polluted the city was that we were in, that I recognized that I had been running through a city that was incredibly polluted. I was trying to be healthy, but filling myself with toxins. And I tell you that story for this reason. How many times when we step into our schools, our classrooms, our other conversations, are we bringing something positive to that conversation? Or are we bringing toxins into that conversation? In this time that we live in right now, with all of the cultural and political differences and, and how quickly people become outraged, I, I just want to encourage you to choose what kind of influence you're gonna be. Make that choice. You can't choose what other people's attitudes and behaviors are, but you can choose yours. And and I wanna tell you a quick story as an example of how I've seen others be positive influences in, in, in my own family. And seven years ago, my son Jack was diagnosed with a rare disease called Kawasaki. Has any of you ever had a student or a child With Kawasaki it is usually small children Jack was a little older than the average age but it attacks the blood cells in your body and if it's untreated it can lead to heart damage or it can lead to death and when Jack was diagnosed with Kawasaki he had this horrible rash he was feverish he he was at the point where he was the morning that we realized even though we had thought it was strep throat and they'd given him antibiotics he woke up one morning and he couldn't walk and so we rushed him to the emergency room and they tried to figure out what was going on and the young intern doctor thought this might be Kawasaki. So he sent us to a children's hospital in Tulsa and Jack spent two weeks in that hospital. The first two days they tried these antibiotics, these high doses of antibiotics that would bring down his fever, but he actually went into septic shock. So they had to pull him off the antibiotics and we didn't realize until looking back how close we were to losing him to this crazy thing. Disease that just happened. And over the two weeks that I sat in the hospital room, and this was when I was a school principal, so my team and teachers were back taking care of all the things that they needed to do while I was sitting there realizing that school could wait now because my son's health was on the line. My wife and I watched as these medical professionals saved his life. And as I sat there, there were several things that came to mind about Jack's care. And, and just in case you're wondering, here he is now. Um, Jack is, uh, this was last summer, we went climbing in Utah together in the LaSalle Mountains. Hiking is his, is his favorite thing. And he does not have any after effects. But, but we were afraid. And as the doctors and nurses figured out what was going to be necessary for his cure, there were several things that I recognized about the community that was caring for him and i want you to apply this for a moment to your work in your schools number one jack was surrounded by a group of people who had a common goal they were a diverse community of people the the, the interns the doctors the nurses the technicians even the people who cleaned his room they were all different kinds of people different genders different races some international that had moved in to help they were from all different socioeconomic backgrounds. But you know what? They were united around one thing, and that was the care for the kids on that floor. And it was amazing to watch them stay united around that one goal. Number two, each of them knew their roles and executed them well. In other words, the technician who was drawing blood was not trying to do diagnoses. And the nurse who was trying to bring Jack down, down Jack's fever was not doing prescriptions. And the doctor who was prescribing and and figuring out what things were going to happen was not trying to do the job of the custodian or the technician. Each person knew their jobs and those roles, and they executed them well. And number three, they combined both care and reaching their goals together. I want you to pause for just a moment and ask yourself, how does this remind you of a healthy classroom? healthy school because the influence that these folks had on jack's care reminded me that these are the same qualities that make strong educators too as you think about your influence going into the school year i do want to pause for just a moment for a reality check because 2021 was a year like no other i've ever seen and I would have said a couple of months ago, like no other we'll ever see again. But I'm not so sure that's true anymore. If you look at the history of the Spanish flu, the pandemic that hit 100 years ago, it took three years before the variants of that virus finally ran their course around the globe. And so I'm not saying that to discourage us at the prospects ahead of us, but I want to give us a reality check that we may be in this for the long run. So the relationships that you have Be careful not to burn bridges. Those who are frustrating you or, or, um, in some cases, angering you because they may be making decisions that may be contrary to what you think is important or what you think is a priority. Choose right now to practice forgiveness because 10 years from now you may both look back at this whole situation differently. But ask yourself this question, what can I do today and tomorrow when I step into my school to be that person that's welcoming, that's caring, that's executing the mission that I have before me because you faced a lot of challenges this year. Teacher and staff exhaustion, remember? How tired you were at the end of last year? Decision fatigue, remember how often you had, to, you had a plan and then what happened to the plan? It changed and then what happened the next day? It changed, and so decision fatigue was something I've never seen educators that had to shift more and pivot more than they did last year, and it may be, that may be the situation this year, too. Credibility being questioned. I don't know how many times I've talked to teachers and principals and superintendents and board members who just felt beat up and felt like their own credibility, their own integrity as a person was being questioned to the point of a lot of them considering resignation or a retirement We saw a lot of new teachers turned over in in our areas. And then, of course, why we all do this work, instruction and practice, unfinished learning, the fact that often teaching took a backseat to everything else. And so those are real pressures, and they may be pressures that you're facing again. But I also saw some common lessons from this that I believe a lot of educators are holding on to so that they can stay positive influencers stepping into this new school year. And so these are some reflections that I've heard from others as I've talked to educators across my state and across the country. Number one, you can do hard things. You've proven that. You and your students and your community members are more resilient than you knew. And I just want to tell you, if, if you haven't heard it already, congratulations. And thank you for your resilience. My hope was that as we stepped into this year, that would be a conversation of celebrating in the past, but it's, a, it's still present and it's gonna be what carries us forward no matter if this pandemic is short or long term. Two, relationships still matter more than ever. At the end of the day, it's trust that's gonna get us through. And so taking in the opportunity to Stay connected with your peers to reach out to the teacher down the hall to check in on your principal to make sure that your parents know that you care and that those students realize that when they step into your room, they're the, you are as excited to have them there on that first day as you will of the last day. Those relationships matter. Two or three, strong instructional practice transcends time and place. So let, me, let me pause and explain what I mean by that. How many of you had to do some pivoting last year and do some virtual teaching? Anybody have that experience? Yeah. That's not easy, is it? But here's what we learn, is that those strong instructional practices that you do in the classroom, they don't always translate, but they do transcend. And so don't give up on what you know is strong pedagogy. Don't give up on what you know is research-based good best practices, because those things still work. They may have to be pivoted and changed sometimes. They may, there may be a gap in learning because of kids being in or out, but those same, stay committed to the practices that you know work. And then finally, I am committed to this idea that teachers and students and communities, they need strong leadership. And as classroom teachers, you are instructional leaders in your for your students and and administrators in here. Teachers need good and strong support. When you look at the research on the the highest determining factor of student success in school, do you know who that person is? I'm sure you're aware of the research. It's the quality of their teacher, hands down. And if you want to see the research later, I'm happy to show it to you. Hands down, the highest determining factor of of, of outcomes in student learning. And I'm not talking about Home life. I'm talking about student learning in school is the quality of their teacher. But you want you don't want to know what, it's, what the second highest determining factor of the outcomes of student learning are in that in that building, the quality of their of their administrator or their school leaders. So you, you can't do one without the other. It has to be a partnership. So how are we moving forward? How, how do we look at this challenge of influence and move forward as positive influencers. I, I just want to offer some suggestions. I, I want to encourage you to think as you're stepping into this year about more than just your practice, but all, all the things that are involved in that practice too. And there are several things I, I just want to encourage you to think about. Number one, consider being a mentor. You veteran teachers who may down the hall have a younger teacher who's stepping in, they need your input. And so even though you may close that door and be the person who's an instructional expert in your room, other people need your mentorship. Two, stay committed to servant leadership. That means when something needs to be done, we're all willing to roll up our sleeves and help. I've mopped many hallways in a tie or jumped into the cafeteria line when the cafeteria ladies were, were, the line was getting too long and they just needed someone to help to serve. And you've done that too. And so staying committed to serving and not just serving ourselves, but serving others is a part of that influence. Be willing to lead by example. When you see something that needs to be done, don't wait for somebody else to do it, We do, it, you do it first. And that becomes a positive infection around the school. Stay committed to your teaching. And, I, and I'm saying this not only to those of you that have so many other responsibilities that sometimes teaching seems like the last thing you get to, but make sure that that instruction stays the focus. But also for you school administrators, Our call, because I was both in the classroom and out, our call as school administrators is also to be willing to jump in and teach too and model those practices and stay up-to-date ourselves on what we know is good instruction. Number five, build platforms. You have the opportunity as as the caretakers of your students to broadcast to your parents and community members the things that are happening in your school like nobody else does. When I was a young boy, my father would set up a telescope outside our farmhouse in West Tennessee, and we could look at the stars. If you've ever seen constellations in complete darkness, it's mesmerizing. And we sometimes we would look at the, the craters of the moon. But you science teachers know that there's only one face of the moon that's visible to the Earth. No matter if I'm in China or in. Kentucky, I can only see one side of the moon and only can you and the only way you can see the other side of the moon is if you do what? Become an astronaut Okay, or, or watch it through a satellite As educators guess what you see more of the moon of your school experience than the, your parents and community members do and that gives you both the privilege and a responsibility to share what you're seeing So take advantage of that platform to broadcast out those wonderful moments that you're capturing with those kids. Take time to pause when great things are happening and and jot down a note to yourself or remind yourself, I'm gonna stick that in my newsletter or I'm gonna take a photo of this moment and then share that back out because when there's a void of information about what's happening at your school, people imagine and determine for themselves what's happening. And most of the time it's wrong. And so when we begin to have negative perceptions of what's happening in our schools, often it's because we're not telling them what's happening in our schools. So be committed to building a platform where you can consistently be sharing with others the great things happening. And then finally, I wanna, this is a quote that I took from John Gordon, who wrote a book called The Energy Bus. And John Gordon works with a lot of sports teams. And he tells coaches, you know that on your team there's always what he calls the energy vampire. The person when you decide this is going to be the next thing that we're working on as a team and we're all going to rally around this new play and you got that one player that's like, ah, that's not going to help. I don't want to do that. And so his challenge when he flips that narrative is in whatever environment you're in, in work or in school, are you an energy vampire or are you an energy builder? In fact, John Gordon said one time that a coach friend of his put a picture of a vampire in the locker room, and whenever a player started getting really negative, he would write his name beside the vampire, (laughs) so that the kids would know, I don't want my name up there, I better change my attitude. I do not suggest you do that, okay? I do not suggest you do that. So take just a moment and reflect, I'm sorry, I should have widened the screen. Um, Who would you consider some of your bigger influencers? Think back to the people who have brought positivity to your experience. Who are they and then how can you be that to someone else number two right now would you consider your influence toxic or refreshing and how often do you evaluate or acknowledge how you're influencing those around you or three which of those areas that i mentioned do you do you relate to or do you want to grow in mentoring servant leadership being an example teaching others or building platforms so let's take another moment and grab your elbow partner, and I want you to think about an inf- someone who's positively influenced you in your work as an educator, who they are, and why they influenced you. Let's tell those stories. Ready, set, go. Principal Matters listeners, if you are still with me at the end of this episode, thank you for taking time this week to learn together, and apply those questions to your own practice this week. If you think of someone who's been a positive influence in your life, Remember what those qualities were like and then ask yourself that question. How can I be that healthy, positive influence to those around me? And from that list, what's one area where you want to focus on being a positive influence for those around you? Maybe it's being a mentor or staying committed to the service of others or leading by example or staying committed to teaching and instruction or utilizing your platforms and definitely not being an energy vampire, but being an energy builder, I also wanted to tell you, if you're interested in a bulk discount order of this book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, to do as a book study for teams, please reach out to me at my email address at, will at williamdparker.com. And right now, Connect Ed, which is the publishing company that I work with, is providing a 25% discount on bulk orders of 10 or more for a limited time. So reach out to me as soon as you listen to this at my email address at, will at williamdparker.com, and I'll connect you with them for that opportunity. Thanks again for doing what matters. And I hope you have a great week. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.